DeFi, DAOs, CryptoPunks. Sounds like the things you've most often been bombarded with on all media platforms. Should definitely be, considering the dynamic changes around in tech, gearing up for Web3. But today's episode is all about the basics. What's the DAO? What makes it different? And why should we care about it? Welcome to the podcast with me, Ashwarya. Let's say hello to Manasi Mora, founding member of Komorebi Collective, a blockchain fund investing into female non-binary crypto founders. She is also the VP of Strategy and Operations at Skynet and earlier founded the Women in Blockchain community to increase diversity in the crypto space. Hey Manasi, it's wonderful to catch up with you today. Thank you so much, Ashwarya, for having me on this podcast. I'm excited for our conversation around all things DAO. Oh, me too. So um, let's start the talk with blockchain. How and when did your interest in blockchain begin? Oh, wow. We have to go back in time for that. So um, Mm -hmm. my background is essentially in like the traditional finance or TradFi, as we call it in the crypto space. Um, I worked at different banks um, and then worked on Wall Street. Um, And back then I was doing investment management, wealth management, portfolio management, like the traditional, um, in the Mm -hmm. traditional equity space. And around 2015, I think um, there was a a conference in Miami on ETFs. So pretty, you know, mainstream conference around ETFs. And um, there, there was one session on Bitcoin and why Bitcoin matters. And that was given by the Winklevoss twins as we, you know, we know them famously yeah. now as the founders yeah. of Gemini. Um, and I, you know, I was like, okay, I was curious. Um, let's go check it out. I, you know, heard them speak, you know, sounded really interesting, but didn't pay attention to it. Um, like a lot of us, we you know, heard about this technology a while back, but didn't really, you know, do anything about it till um, uh, end of 2016. And, you know, as most of uh, your listeners know, there was demonetization that happened in India. Um, and if someone doesn't know, it's essentially the Indian government overnight declaring a, you know, a few denominations of currencies invalid. And I think that had a lot of you know, social and economic impact on, the, on, on India and the people living there. And that's kind of, that was the trigger point for me to start thinking about you know, what is money? What is monetary policy? Who actually truly controls money? Do you own your own money? Um, and just questions around, you know, um, are there alternative forms of money and things that can be done differently? Uh, we take a lot of these things for granted, like, you know, just, yeah, money works this way and this is central banks and this is how, you know, the monetary policy should function. But um, something, something, an event like that just kind of triggers a lot of questions, um, especially it did for me. And I started looking, you know, back into cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin kind of was my entry point in, into the crypto blockchain world. And, you know, I live in Boston. I'm really lucky to live in that area um, because MIT is right there and got really involved with the MIT Bitcoin community. Um, you know, started doing some projects with um, that communities comprised of students and enthusiasts who were really early on um, in this technology. And uh, 
yeah, they they, they do, you know nominate the need to be the director of the MIT Bitcoin Expo in 2018, and then uh, went on to do a couple research projects at the MIT Media Lab. So essentially, yeah, that was my kind of you know story and entry into the crypto world. And since then, I haven't looked back, and I'm I'm you know excited to be in the space. Um, and as you introduced me, currently. Um, I am at Skynet Labs, where we are building the decentralized storage infrastructure for Web3. Awesome. That sounds like you know, the perfect start and the perfect ending, because uh, who would have thought that a small um, topic or, or something that was happening just caught your interest, and that's going to come handy later for you to pick up a whole new career uh, in, in the past. Sounds super interesting, Mansi. And I'm, I'm glad you touched upon the, the whole aspect of you know, who controls money and what are the things that we need to be looking at? Because like you said, a lot of these things are taken for granted. A lot of us um, just see these things around and we're like, yeah, it's always been there. And uh, what's really my role like in it? But um, the, the whole problem boils down to um, who, who generates the money and what do you do with it? How powerful it is and um, what do you earn for at, at the end of the day? So I think a lot yeah. of these questions, uh, you know, take you towards crypto and at least uh, demystifying the whole concept around crypto, I guess, because I've also been a new entrant into learning what crypto is and uh, what's the best it could give you and what is it all about. So I guess somewhere understanding and demystifying that uh, is, like you said, uh, breaking it down to simpler questions and you know, pondering over it. So, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks yeah. for mentioning that. I think. You know, that's one of the exciting things about the entire crypto blockchain space is we are building a lot of things from ground up um, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about DAOs today, but that's essentially building, you know, companies or organizations or human coordination from the ground up. Um, and what happens when you build things from ground up, for example, in case of Bitcoin or like just sound money or the financial system around, you know, DeFi is you really, uh, really you know, put the fundamentals to question and you build a system with some ethos in mind, especially in the crypto space, those ethos are how can individuals have more ownership and control over, you know, over their money, over their data, over, you know, anything that they're doing on the internet, as opposed to how Web2 has evolved, which is, you know, big tech and bigger organizations essentially controlling us. So that's, yeah, that's uh, something that excites me and, you know, keeps me going in the crypto space is just rewiring of how we do things. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, then it's it's a lot, uh, a lot of decentralization is around um, building a set of values and ethos. And, you know, now that we're discussing about uh, what DAOs or decentralized autonomous organizations mean, uh, it's it's all in the making, right? Like you said, we hear a lot of people talking about it and uh, it's it's just there around us. But what constitutes um, successful running of a DAO? And why do you think uh, now is the right time for a DAO to function? Yeah, I think, you know, if we just decompose the term decentralized autonomous and organization, these individual terms have a meaning and that's what comprises the DAO. So these are, you know, going backwards, organizations, essentially um, group of people, uh, or as we call it, communities kind of coming together towards, you know, an aligned machine. Um, and then mm -hmm. when we say autonomous, you know, everything's kind of 
uh, coded uh, on on the blockchain. There are smart contracts kind of governing how these organizations should function, what the rules of these organizations are, who are the members, um, and all of that kind of you know in an, functions in an autonomous manner. And the decentralized component is just you know across the crypto space. It's, um, there isn't a single um, you know party or single individual who's controlling, which is you know the typical structure that we've seen in in the traditional uh, organization setting, right? There is the CEO and there's the shareholders and there's this like, board that kind of, it's a pretty hierarchical structure where they govern and make decisions for the rest of the organization. Um, so DAOs are, you know, organizations or groups of people or community coming together and coordinating in a decentralized manner where everyone kind of has a voting power or a say in how that organization functions. Um, and I think the key component for any DAO or what is, you know, con your, to your question, what's a successful DAO? I think the key component, it boils down to the community. It's the people at the end of the day, right? Um, each DAO, and there are various kinds of DAOs. So we have something called as protocol DAOs, which, you know, essentially govern protocols, like for example, MakerDAO or Uniswap. These are protocols and they're governed by community that runs that protocol. Um, then there are investment DAOs, the one that we founded, which essentially, you know, is, is Web3 version of a venture fund. And then there are collector DAOs, which, you know, collect NFTs and collectibles and so on and so forth. So essentially the key component is, you know, what's the mission? What's the, um, you know, objective that the DAO is Kind of congregating around and then who are the people and what's the community and the community is what makes any DAO um, successful um, and I think you know uh, to your question around why now that's a good question I don't think there's a clear cut answer as to why this is happening now but you know essentially in the crypto world we've seen there are different kind of bull markets or market cycles and each market cycle, we've seen something new, something revolutionary kind of come together. So, you know, when everything started, it was like around Bitcoin and sound money and how can we have control over our money, which is not inflationary. Um, then we had the whole, like, um, uh, you know, ICO boom, which is how do you fundraise in a decentralized manner? Then we had the DeFi summer last, you know, two years ago, I guess. Uh, which was around you know, how do you decentralize just different financial components. And now in this current market cycle, we are seeing the rise of NFTs, the rise of um, DAOs. And I think in reality, um, the industry was kind of gearing towards it. We were just building the different components that now make DAOs possible, the different you know, tech stack, the different uh, protocols that kind of now bring this human coordination together. Um, and I think at the core of, you know, all of this is how can we in Web3 um, have the users be the true owners and operators and investors as opposed to investors are separate and the users are separate. It's the users and the community that truly owns the organization can make, you know, can impact the decisions of the organization. Uh, that's, so that's already like a vision made uh, towards Web3. And it's quite interesting to know that uh, there are multiple kinds of uh, DAOs, like you mentioned, uh, protocol DAO or governance kind of a DAO and investment and collector DAOs. Because I think all we hear right now is since all of these are just taking shape, you hear and you you chance upon them in bits and pieces. You see 
uh, suddenly there's crypto pounds one day and there's suddenly nfts and while you're reading about it and there's dao so i just as you were saying a lot of this is just gearing up towards web3 so uh, there's a lot of dynamic change in the tech space uh, with with these things happening you said there's no uh, there's not much of a hierarchical structure to it and that's the whole point of dao um, but how is this transition happening from let's say a traditional organization to a dao because uh, people say everyone having a seat at the table and that's something you know like a common phrase that people use in the tech space but how does this apply from running a dao uh, what what level of structure or process because running a community again is like you said having a wetting having a, a vote and like getting people to coordinate on certain things so what amount of structure or process is permissible and uh, what is not yeah i think you know this is this is a really good question and something the industry is kind of figuring it out and i think it good goes back to my earlier point right like we're building things from ground up um and because we are so early on in just like the dao maturity space a lot of this is just as you build you're figuring these questions and answers out right mm-hmm. um in in terms of you know how the hierarchy is kind of taken out and how the community is empowered essentially is through the governance process where uh, the community members either hold tokens or some rights to make you know decisions and the decisions happen through um, a proposal format so there anyone can kind of put up a proposal and then the community votes together whether that proposal can go through or not um so theoretically i would say you know yes everyone has a seat at the table where anyone you know you me anyone in the space can create a dao can just you know launch a dao or even join an existing dao and contribute to it right so the barrier to entry is very low um i can give you our example with the fund and the investment dao that we launched it was we i think launched it in less than two weeks if yeah uh, if i remember correctly and if we were to do something same in, in a traditional VC format, it would have taken us a couple of months. Um, the costs are prohibitive um, and just like the speed and the turnaround time, right? So yeah, theoretically, uh, people you know have a lot of opportunities that they can take advantage of in this like DAO ecosystem and essentially you know come together from anything like you know doing art collections to investments to now we are seeing DAOs come around you know specific industries. So there's DAOs that are focused on you know bringing good healthcare to the masses. DAOs that are focused on uh, how can we make an impact in like the climate change environment. So it's you know it's just communities that are passionate about a certain mission uh, coming together. So you know while um, you know from a entry or you know barrier to entry it's really low. I would say reality is still a little challenging if you're really brand new to the space, right? Um, and I think the two big barriers there, if you're already in the space, it's kind of, you know, you've crossed that barrier and there is just a lot of opportunities. But if you're not, if you're new, I think there are two barriers. One is um, capital barrier. Some of these DAOs need, um, they're token gated, which means you need X amount of capital to buy, you know, buy those tokens before you can participate in these DAOs. Um, I think that barrier is kind of, you know, slowly coming down with DAOs doing like fellowship programs and scholarships for people who don't necessarily have access to capital. 
Um, and then the, the second, and I think the bigger barrier, according to me, is knowledge gap, right? Right now, um, if you are someone who's not into the crypto space, it's really hard to understand what is going on, what are the different, you know, things that are going on in the space, and identifying, you know, how you can get involved and bridging kind of that knowledge gap um, from being interested to actually contributing. Um, and I think that's something that the industry as a whole is working towards in terms of um, you know, creating more resources, educational material, just communities are now coming together to like, let's come together and learn about DAOs so that we can start contributing to DAOs, right? Which is, which is really, yeah. you know, that's again, it's, you know, there's no leader in the space. It's everyone kind of congregating around ideas that they're excited about and coming together. Um, and if I were to give, you know, one piece of advice for someone who's new, um, is you know, it's really hard to keep up with everything that's going on in the crypto space, even for people who are working sure. in the space, even for myself. And what I recommend is just like find your niche, find your interest area, even within the crypto, like broad spectrum of blockchain technology. What is that one or two thing that really excites you um, and where you can you know, find the most value? And then just like dive deep into that particular segment. Uh, you you nailed the right points. Uh, you know, starting with the whole um, uh, talking about how you're figuring out things, and I think I was pretty candid. And for me, it sounded like very much like building early stage products because you know I come from a product space, so immediately I could I could resonate with that in a sense. Okay, so uh, just like how you're figuring a lot of these uncertain uh, steps and challenges at building a product, I think it's the same thing with building a whole DAO from ground up. It's like you know how you said you you know these protocols should be there but uh, what amount is permissible and not permissible is something that um, as a community uh, folks come together and, and figure themselves out and yeah that's that sounds pretty reasonable as well and um yeah and thanks for mentioning the barriers and the most important point of all which is it's so hard to keep up um, uh, I, I used to think, okay, so, you know, only when, when you're a newbie or a new button is, is when it's going to get really tough. And uh, so this this honest answer to you really helps a lot of our listeners as well. Because let's face the fact, the whole transition from Web 2 to Web 3 is uh, pretty uh, fast and uh, exciting as well. So uh, the amount of information that we're exposed to and the amount of uh, new things that we are, uh, you know, up for learning is tremendous. So uh it's it's pretty interesting time that we're in yeah yeah that's why you know just like pick your area of interest uh, you know of course based on what you've worked before or what just like excites you but also pick your community pick your tribe it's usually you know you learn the most by being around people who are yeah. in the space who are really smart just you know find your people and that's how you'll continue to kind of grow and learn in the space Right, spot on. Yeah, I think that that definitely helps. Um, a, a small question, you know, uh, very much related to what we were discussing before we move on to talking about community funds is. So you were saying how uh, the barriers, like a capital barrier or knowledge barrier, exist. So um, let's say that um, you know, these fellowships or scholarships are going to help people enter into the space, or they also try understanding what amount of information is needed to enter into the space. Uh, what is the pitch stack like? I'm, I'm curious here because uh, let's say I, I now understand what it takes to run a DAO. How do I get started? Like, what is the tech stack like? And 
uh, what's what's my immediate next step? What should I look up to? Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, you know, there are a couple things to know when you want to kind of start your DAO. One is what's your DAO's mission, or what is your, you know the key focal point that you want to um, align all of your DAO towards, right? So that's identifying that. I think is number one. Um, in our case, of course, with Comarity, it was we wanted to fund female non-binary founders in the crypto space. So I, first step is just identifying your mission and what is your DAO, DAO story and branding going to be. Right. Um, the second step is community. Finding people who are going to be equally, if not more, passionate about the same mission is key, right? Like you, you know, on your own, you can only go so far. You need really a group of people who are equally talented to kind of push the barriers here. Um, so second is that community. And I think there are different tools around managing that community. Discord is kind of the most widely used right now in mm -hmm. the crypto space, yeah. especially in the DAO space. Um, and then um, the third is, you know, okay, you have a mission, you have a community. Now, how do you set up kind of the governance around this, right? What are the different things you wanna work on? What are, what is decision-making look like? Who can vote, who cannot vote? What are the things that you wanna vote on? Um, so identifying kind of the governance, and there are, again, a lot of tools around that, where, you know, there's something called snapshot for voting. Um, there are, you know, of course, there's uh, Gnosis, which is something that we use, which is a you know multi-sig uh, wallet where multiple people can own keys to that wallet and vote on things. Um, and there are you know I would say like 50 other tools out there. It's a matter of you know going out there and seeing which tools fit your community the best. Right. Um, and I think. Um, another component you know after you've like had mission community your governance model what is it your you know are you launching a token what does your tokenomics look like you know how much are you distributing to the community how much are you keeping in your treasury um and then you know if there is a legal uh, entity that you would need to create depending on you know where you're based what's your jurisdiction what's kind of uh, you know the things that your DAO, are, DAO is eventually going to do um, so I think those are like four big components and then the last thing is just doing it like once you've identified all of this you've gotten thing, you know people rallying along, around it figured out like the tokenomics and legal structures just jumping into it and making it happen because um, at the end of the day it's about you know getting started not having all of the answers because that's that's going to be difficult you just have to start somewhere yeah. and keep it trading certainly so just trying to summarize these points one uh, we start with the vision the whole uh, branding ideology and moving on to finding the right set of people and building your community and uh, then understanding how the decision making should happen followed by uh, seeing whether tokens make sense if you're going to go into the whole tokenomics and then yeah they're just all set for launching yeah <laughs> and there are i would say you know there are um projects like dao house there are you know syndicate DAOs, what we are built on um so these are mm -hmm. protocols and tools that help you end-to-end -end launch your dao so you know there are tools out there that's available um it's you know you have to kind of evaluate which one makes sense for you right right yeah fair enough so um, also just touching up upon the whole name Kumarabi, it sounds interesting. Uh, it's it's Japanese, right? Um, what does it mean? Right. Why did you why did you pick it? 
yeah <laughs> it's it's such a beautiful name it's a you know really poetic um almost untranslatable there's no like english equivalent of it and wow. kumarebi it essentially means uh, the sunlight that filters through the forest and highlights the undergrowth so you know and wow. the undergrowth or the smaller plants that are usually not visible or highlighted um so kumarebi is essentially that process and i think like when we came across that word and again you know we were um thinking about how you know how should we name our DAO and naming in overall I think it's a very hard um, process to like you know yeah. something you have to live with for the rest of your project so um, but the moment we came across this word it was just like you know it was a perfect match there was just we you know our mission was to highlight underrepresented talented founders that usually don't get the recognition they deserve and I think this word does all of the justice um to kind of wow. our mission so yeah that's our story well it, it it is poetic because it reminds me of words words poems the whole sunlight filtering through the trees it's it's really poetic yeah uh, and i think you know partially like talking about why we did komarebi why we launched this investment now um so, you know, as you introduced me, I founded Women in Blockchain, which is a nonprofit to increase diversity in the crypto space. We are focused on really, you know, education for new members, people who, you know, really want to get exposure to the crypto space. Uh, we create a lot of content for them um, and we build a community of women to support each other in this journey of transitioning from web 2 to web 3 and we realized that you know in the last um, I think four years that since we've been around uh, that we were doing a lot of things that were front of the funnel right we were exposing mm -hmm. people to the crypto space but we weren't doing a lot uh, for people who are already in the space and wanting to maybe start their own companies in the crypto space so um that's kind of where you know that motivation came from that we wanted to mm -hmm. do more for people who are already in the space and i think if we look at just you know the numbers are just so depressing less than three percent of all vc funding goes to women founded companies which is pathetic honestly um and i think it's you know it's something that we need to make a change no one's going to come and make that change and we realize that you know we are well suited to kind of bring about you know at least some impact in in terms of funding female founded companies and i think um the reason why this happens is also because there aren't enough female vc there are, I think, yeah. less than 65, more than 65% of uh, VC foreign funds don't have a single female check writer. So I think those two are correlated where, you know, if there aren't any female check writers, um, not a lot of female funded company, founded companies are going to get funded. And it's just this vicious cycle that we need to break. Um, so our mission essentially, you know, with Kumarabis to change both um, the founding landscape so that we have, you know, more diverse set of founders in the crypto space, but also changing the funding landscape where we enable um, more uh, women, more people of color to just kind of uh, be angel investors, be investors, be VC investors in their own right. So I think right now our DAO is, you know, more than 70% is um, women 
in some of our earlier episodes as well with a few founders and VCs, this whole topic of why uh, women-led organizations are funded uh, very minimally and why there's not enough women at the seat to distribute these funds, is, they've always come up. And I think uh, it's, like you said, somewhere we have to enter the picture and, and make that change. So um, I'm, I'm very happy to see um, Komarebi Collective and no companies like these, and especially with the whole transition to Web3, all of this are not just adapting to the whole uh, tech climatic change, but also changing the statistical numbers that were there for so many years and not, not being changed. So yeah, I'm super happy to be seeing all of this happening. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's not, we're not doing charity at the end of the day, right? We are a VC exactly. firm, we are exactly. looking for investments in valuable founders, and we're looking for returns. And I think, you know, statistically, if we look at, um, you know, female founder companies do well on multiple different metrics, they exit faster, they perform better. It's, it's ultimately, you, you, you're finally getting what you deserve. So that's, that's very important. And it's, it's important for uh, us to show uh, that we deserve this and this is this is how you get it so and yes that's that's the way out i wanted to ask you uh, you know one last thought in terms of uh, the future observation so we see that there's a lot of this like we were discussing dao and crypto and nft and uh, whatnot so all of these are just trying to get your foothold and we are also seeing a lot of global restrictions uh, in one way, they're easing up and there's there's a lot of flexibility. And in another way, there's a lot of restrictions still happening. So uh, how do you see uh, the future of something like this? How do you see Web3 getting unfolded? And what would the adoption be like for, say, DAO and all the other cryptocurrencies? Yeah, that's, you know, that's something the crypto industry has been talking about and thinking about for the last you know 12 13 years of its existence right like how do we take mm -hmm. this core ethos and this amazing technology to the masses and what does like global adoption look like i think we've definitely seen a transition you know early on in the first five six years of this technology it was really tech focused right with like bitcoin and like how it works and this like proof of work and consensus mechanism, which was important, which, you know, created kind of the fundamentals of where we are today. Um, but I think, you know, I've loved uh, seeing how NFTs and DAOs have expanded that to now including a more diverse set of people. We have, you know, really attracted creatives and artists and people from literally all walks of life. Um, because, mm -hmm. you know, with NFTs, for example, it's you know monetizing your art, but with DAOs that just takes it to the next level where you can also monetize your skills. You know, are you a good yeah. operator? Are you good at finance or treasury management? Are you good at like design? Are you good at community management? Like all of these skill sets are now necessary to run a DAO. And I think that has just like caused a multi-fold increase in interest in the crypto space. And we've seen this like really huge jump in in um, the adoption. And I think um, that's going to continue happening as we, you know, lower the barriers to entry, as we have more, you know, exciting technology and use cases that come about. And as we have more, I think, um, user-friendly and uh, better UI UX designs that makes it easy for everyone to use this technology, right? At the end of the day, the goal is that we should be able to use this technology without realizing we are using blockchain technology. It's like the internet where you, you use it every day with 
you don't really need to know how it works or need to yeah. understand kind of the underlying. So that's the goal. And I think, you know, we are definitely, we've made a lot of strides. We've, you know, made a lot of progress. Um, but, you know, talking uh, about, like restrictions and global restrictions, I think, unfortunately, that is inversely proportional. The, you know, the more adoption this technology gets, the more attention it, it gets in the mainstream media, uh, the more, um, you know, institutions like um, you know, institutions and regulatory bodies are going to pay attention to this, which means they're going to, you know, come in and try to put restrictions. They're going to come in, especially, you know, we've seen yeah. how it has you know panned out in India, um, you know on paper the technology is you know you, anyone can use this technology across the world. Uh, you you download the software and you can start using this technology. But if uh, you know governments and regulatory bodies come in and like restrict on ramps and off ramps, that's a challenge. So I think you know just in terms of looking in the future, I think there is going to be a little bit of tightening initially mm-hmm. as you know these regulatory bodies and governments feel threatened by the technology and not really fully understand its value um, but that's just going to be some initial uh, challenges which i'm you know, pretty sure the crypto industry is ready to face and then uh, we'll see kind of the opening up eventually so there'll be some challenges and hurdles initially with some restrictions but i think um, you know in the long arch of things uh, the industry is going to win and I think uh, people are starting to see the value of this technology. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's very practical as well and um, just like how you monetize your skills and all that. And I think uh, the way that things are going to get unfolded um, while there's a lot of media attention and uh, how these geographical uh, you know countries and governments take notice i guess time only tells you know how it's going to get unfolded and as far as we are in the tide uh, it's it's interesting to get to know how these function and sort of understand what you can contribute there um, actively or passively depending on you know what's your interest like in the space yeah yeah and i think you know there are organizations that come in with like a you know, their motivation, especially with organizations like SEC in the US is to protect individual investors, right? Like, so the intention is correct, but um, Mm -hmm. the framing doesn't work in the same way as it did in the web too, because this is a very different world that we are interacting with. So there's a lot of, you know, rethinking and rewiring that I was saying initially has to also happen in a (laughs) regulatory context where we can't use the laws and rules of like the previous um, version of the Web 2, Web 3. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, the industry is more than happy to work with regulators and try and figure that out. Yeah, pretty exciting. And uh, we'll have to wait for the time to tell us. But... Uh, yeah, super interesting to to know to get back to the basics and also see that's going to contribute a lot to the future uh, aspects as well. Awesome. So um, yeah, now uh, over to the last section of the stock one So this is called the rapid fire round. So I just have like three short questions for you, and the rule is you just have to tell me whatever comes to your mind without much thinking. Sounds good. Oh, I love those. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Oh, awesome. That I should have, you know, done one of these in the first itself. So, yeah, nevertheless. Here's the first one. Um, if you had to mint an NFT like CryptoPunk, what character or theme would you choose? 
Ah, that's interesting. So my, I am really interested in, um, you know, I love nature and I am a big national park geek. I've visited maybe more than 25 national parks in the U.S. and Ooh. a lot more outside. Wow. So I would love to see if we can do like you know, really natural wonders and like they're so beautiful converted to NFTs. I think that would be my Yeah. Dream. I can't wait to see them on OpenSea as yet. <laughs> Awesome. Um, here's the second one. Um, a non-crypto topic you would love to take a masterclass on? Uh, I think, you know, I've been fascinated by just history and um, human civilization and its kind of impact mm -hmm. on technology. So, you know, how um, the evolution of the internet, for example, and um, the humans that were involved in that process, I think, that's something I would love to take masterclass on if I ever have the time outside of crypto. <laughs> that was too practical, but yeah, I know I wish you you find some time because that sounds uh, pretty interesting and uh, it, it's like uh, sapiens part two. <laughs> I'm expecting something like that. <laughs> also, yeah. um, here's the last last question for you. Uh, would you rather be a character in a sitcom or a fiction book? Um, I'm a very visual and very expressive person, so I would prefer a character in a sitcom. Yeah, um, but I love love these questions. These are you know, fresh, <laughs> really fresh breath of air. Um, oh, yeah. thanks a lot. No, I think this this is one side that we want to bring out from uh, you know the the guests, right? Like you know, it should be something that you're open to, something that makes you um, want to think on a different note. And I'm glad that happened. And yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you so much, Ashwarya, for having me on this uh, podcast. It was, you know, really good to uh, chat with you. Hopefully, the audience kind of learned something out of this. And then, you know, you can kind of find me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. If you want to continue the conversation, I'm at Mansi, M-A-N-A-S-I-L, Bora, on Twitter. So thanks a lot, Nancy. I think this was an intensive rundown of the whole DAO and what it stands for. And, and my intention here was to bring out the basics as much as possible uh, because we are constantly bombarded by these terms on media. And it's important that we understand uh, what it constitutes and getting back to the basics. And I think you did a, a wonderful job in helping me uncover a lot around what blockchain, what crypto is, what DAOs are. And, uh, what not. So yeah, thanks a lot once again and uh, definitely our, our listeners would find this interesting. So yes, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye.